Well, welcome everybody to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights into life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your co-conspirator and head of Key Exploration. I seek to inspire meaningful conversations to move people, communities, and organizations forward. I believe that we, when we develop relational trust with ourselves and with the people that we surround ourselves with in our relationships and at work, that we have a greater impact on everything around us. What you have just opened up is an A volume. It's an extension of the previous conversation where I take a deeper dive into one or more of the keys dropped in that conversation. In this case, this is a compliment to volume 14 with co-conspirator Hope Whitby. This is volume 14A. But let me back up just a second. Dropping keys, and the reason for this podcast is from the title of a poem by Hafez, a 14th century mystic and poet. Here's Dropping Keys. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. If you haven't listened to volume 14, of course, I invite you to engage the conversation that I had with Hope Whitby. I always joke that these conversations take on a livelier life when I listen again. I'm so grateful for my co-conspirators and would love for you to recommend more to me. Drop me an email at joel.joelmorgan.com or message me um, through Facebook or Instagram at Joel Morgan CC. And if you love this podcast, give it some love by going to joelmorgan.com backslash pay and helping to support its production without commercials. Except this one, of course. Hope's very earnest voice in our conversation kept me coming back to listen again. She talked about how many people, especially teachers, made assumptions about what students in her rural area could accomplish. Our conversation helped me to reflect on influence. Now, most people I encounter don't believe that they have much power or influence. They feel that they are at the whim or the mercy of others at institutions, lovers, bosses, managers, whatever, the government. They don't necessarily think about how their actions motivate or manipulate or move others. I find this pretty wrong-headed. I mean, let's just revisit Hope's story for a moment. Her teacher gives young Hope an assignment. Hope goes all in. She creates. She writes. She learns how to sew a book together. She uses all of her young gifts and skills and learns some more. She's so excited. She delivers the book, and the teacher allows biases and influences to override the child in front of them and accuses Hope of cheating the teacher's power and influence. Crush Hope. And for what exactly? Well, this story immediately connected with me. When I was in college, I fancied myself a writer. I mean, after all, I was an English literature and theater major. Our school produced a literary anthology with prizes for the best poetry and prose every year. One year, I won the Poetry Award. I really never win anything, so this was a pretty big deal. Very soon afterward, though, one of my English professors, one of the judges, pulled me aside and told me that if he had known another student had not seen such and such writer's work, he would have won the award, not me. I'm not sure what he thought telling me this was supposed to do. Did he feel bad that he picked an inferior writing? Did he think I might have thought I was a poet 
but he thought I sucked? Was this more about him and his loss of dreams or something at some point? I'll, I'll never know. But I allowed that to be pretty crushing for me. I can still tell you where we were standing when he told me this. And then not long before graduation, the same professor shows up again. At the end of college, I had a full-time job and I was basically being paid for sleeping. It's a long story, but it was actually a really good job. And I planned to take my first year out of school and just write and write and write and try to get published and become that writer, that author that I really thought I could be. Again, this professor pulls me aside and tells me in no uncertain terms that it's a bad idea. I need to go get a job in my chosen field right away. And here's the thing. I listened to him. I let those two comments stop me from pursuing my dream of becoming a published author at the time. Now, did he know the power that I'd given him? Did he understand how his influence moved me away from something I loved? Who knows? What I do know is this. We all have influence. Our words and actions matter. That's, that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast. How we treat others, how we talk with and to them has an impact. There are ripple effects. Sometimes the impact could be sort of benign. I mean, you know, we're just another person in someone's day. We're not, we're not super great. We're not super bad. But when we pay attention and we use intention... It's more likely that we can be positive, encouraging, hopeful, uplifting even. So let's get back to Hope's story. Another teacher, another assignment, another request to meet with that teacher. Hope's wondering, is this going to go the same way as the first one? But the teacher says, where has this writing been? Do you do this all the time? Oh, I wish I would have known. I could have sent you to these writing camps. I could do this, but it's too late now to, to do those things. This teacher had a heartfelt desire to nurture and encourage and exert a positive influence on this young talent. The teacher saw something and decided to say something later. And this is the part of the story that I just love. And that just has stuck with me this whole time. That same teacher takes hopes, face in her hands in this beautiful gentle, nurturing way and tells her, don't stop. Don't stop writing. Don't stop doing what you're doing. The power in Hope's recounting of that story was, was palpable in our conversation. It, this was a hinge moment for her. And years later, you can hear it in the way that Hope thinks about how she lives her life. Quote, I have the power to make someone's life better or miserable, unquote. I mean, maybe you let that statement just sort of slide right past you, or perhaps you thought, I'm nobody. How might I have the power to make someone's life better or miserable? M maybe even through this whole podcast, I haven't convinced you yet about your influence. Maybe you think you don't have any. But please listen to what I'm saying today. No matter your situation, no matter your life's station, you have, we have the power to encourage and empower someone or to derail them. Maybe today is the day to set the intention to use your influence for encouragement, to use it to inspire 
others. Now, we don't know what people will, will do with that intention. And I don't know about you, but I know that I would rather have the intention of trying to encourage and inspire someone than not have a thought about it at all and inadvertently have them take something that I say and crush them, stop them from doing something that really gives them life and hope. And so now the other thing I want to highlight in the name of this episode, this volume is the key that hope drops at the end. Don't stop. Don't stop. Find a way. Tell your story. One sentence, one phrase. Don't stop. You may change your life or someone else's. Don't you ever stop. And no, I'll always be here cheering you on. Thanks for listening to volume 14A of Dropping Keys. You can find me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. You can find my book every single day on my website or Amazon. Drop me a note, please, if this podcast connected with you. And if you want to really give some love back to the podcast, go to joelmorgan.com backslash pay and just drop a few love notes there if you would. I'm going to leave you with this. May the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. Until next time, everybody.